1: I made it, I I, I thought it was beginning, uh, on Sunday and I got, uh, I got a nice little reminder. We're actually closing this series. We're getting close to the end of that old preach series where we look to actually take what Hollywood has tried to use for evil or, you know, other things. And we work it back together because God says he can do that for good to preach the gospel. And so, uh, You know, there's been different video clips played. I personally love Pastor John's message. We got to see Meet the Parents, I think it was, or Meet the Fockers. That was a hilarious uh, video clip. Uh, So there's been really good ones. We got to watch almost an entire movie, Sing 2, from Pastor Michaela um, a few weeks ago. Literally, it was like the whole movie. Um, (laughs) But it was great. I think it's harder to use a lot of clips. But either way, I have a clip for you. Uh, It's a bit of an OG clip, but I think everyone here will be familiar with it. And then we will get into the message. Yeah, that was from a long time ago. I almost used the most recent one. Uh, but I, th- I like to think I married a Goldilocks. And uh, I like to think I have a little Goldilocks. We actually have a picture of my, uh, my, my family. I, I totally forgot to throw this up, but I can't not do it. Come on. They say we marry up when you're uh, in awake, and I definitely did. I don't know how it happened. And we produced that little one. Do we have another one? I think we got my daughter running around. Look at that. She loves life. She's a little Goldilocks as well. But I love, absolutely love that movie clip because as I was praying about what message to prepare for this series, I've, I got reminded of that clip and it was almost like God was speaking to me about how some of us have been sown a lie. And, and I believe the devil wants to sow this lie into every single generation. I think he's been very, very successful with the millennials, my generation, unfortunately, so I'll take you know a little hit there. But it's the lie that we can have our lives and especially as Christians just right. You can have your life exactly as you want it. You can cater it, you can make it comfortable. If it's too hot, throw it out. If it's too cold, throw it out. If it's too difficult, throw it out. If it's too challenging, throw it out. If the church talks about stuff you don't wanna listen to, then just leave the church. If, if, if they ask you to do, you can have your life just right, it's a lie. But it's a great lie. Why is it a great lie? Because it keeps us believers from living in God's perfect purpose and intention for our life. This is not Burger King when you can have it your way. It's not. And the truth is, even at Burger King, you can't have it your way because I went there one time and I wanted chicken fries. And guess what? They didn't have no chicken fries. And I love chicken fries. And if you don't know what chicken fries are, you need to go to Burger King tonight and you need to have some chicken fries because they're amazing. So even at Burger King, you can't have it your way. And trust me, I tried the whole have it your way. I tried the whole just right lifestyle and uh, it didn't work out very well. I can promise you there's, there's very, very little return. I grew up thinking that my life was meant to be because my mom said, hey, you can do whatever you want. You can be anything you want, which I think is actually a good belief you can instill in your kids. But when they don't have the direction of the Bible leading and guiding them, you start to break yourself against God's laws and his word and his ways. Because if you don't know what are the ways that God actually intended for me to live, you're gonna end up completely dysfunctional and I found myself at 22 years old an absolute mess in every single like if you rated my life one to ten and you went through finance you went through you know relationships you went through uh you know emotional health you went through every single possible area of my life I would say I was probably at a one out of ten I was at the place where I never thought I would be and I was I remember it was my birthday uh, uh it was about 27 days before I got invited to the church and came and I was pretty much ready and I never thought I would be at this place but I had, I started to consider taking my life Because I was in such, because I had followed what the world had said my entire life and it yielded no fruit and I didn't know any other answer. And then I got invited to Awaken Church and everything changed from that day. Because Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, there is a way that looks right to a man, but its way actually ends in death. You see, the Disney dream or the just right or the uh, you can have it your way is actually not God's dream for us because it's not his best for us. God's a loving father, he wants his best for his kids. And what the devil wants to do is sell us a 10X counterfeit lie. 10X this, 10X, and it's all about, have you noticed all the 10X is just about you? Whenever you hear 10X, it's about yourself. Whereas God wants to give us a 100 fold, 100X life if we would just follow him. Because it's not just about us. The 100x life isn't just so that we could be epic and we can drive nice cars and we can be. Even though Pastor Dana, it's like Pastor Dana, was setting me up, purpose. It's a greater purpose. If we can be 100x, how many know that people want 100x? People will start to notice something if you got 100X on you. And that's what I noticed that was different when I came to this church was I saw pastors like Pastor John and Becky. I saw leaders in the house that actually were living 100X. And I said, wow, I've been looking for this in the world. I've never seen it done in a healthy way. I want that. Oh, Jesus is the way? Jesus can't be the way. Jesus is the way? Okay, then Jesus, I'm following you. And it was game over from that day forward. So the title of my message is, why don't you tell us your neighbor, the 100X life, the 100X life. Now, what does the 100X life look like? The intended outcome is that we actually fulfill God's perfect plan for our life, which glorifies Him, which then attracts other people to Him, because the Bible says when He is lifted up that He would draw all people to Him. It's actually the gift that we get to give God. The 100X life is the gift that we get to give God because He gives us a life that we don't deserve. He gives us a life that doesn't make any sense and it's called salvation in Jesus Christ. We can earn it, we can't deserve it. So. The 100X life is not working for something, it's working from something. Because the truth is, when you and I get to heaven, everything's done, everything's sealed, signed, set, delivered, it is over, meaning you and I can do nothing for God when we get to heaven, but we have this snapshot in life where if we can recognize, God, I cannot believe the gift that you gave me, let me give the rest of my life, let me give all of myself, let me give every breath that I have to giving you a gift of bringing your sons and your daughters back home to you, smashing the devil in the face all the way home. Now, yes, purpose is aggressive, it's assertive, it's dynamic, it's all those things, but there is joy, there is fun, there is peace. The John 10 says that Jesus came and he said, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. So I know he says he's throwing a party, he's not throwing no party. He's throwing a party that'll leave you a lot worse off than you ever thought you'd be. He's selling counterfeit and God says, no, I'm, I'm life. He says, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So don't think that becoming a Christian is this boring thing or this lame thing or this not fun thing. I've had more fun, more joy, more peace. I've had more of all the stuff I could never find in the world I've found in the kingdom and I've had more purpose at the same time. But there's a way to do it. Matthew, so this is kind of what the life on purpose looks like and I've got a few scriptures to, to help us see that. Matthew five sixteen says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, for you were bought at a price, Jesus on the cross. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And John 15.8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And John 17.4 says this, it's Jesus talking, I have glorified you on earth. How many wanna glorify Jesus? I wanna glorify Jesus? Because I have finished the work you've given me to do. Not because I wore a cross on my neck. Not because I wrote Jesus in my Instagram bio. But because I have finished the work you gave me to do. Jesus has given this church some work. Jesus has given you and I some work. And we will only find purpose, fulfillment, and the things we're looking for when we do what he has called us to do. And so with these two perspectives now, obviously, you know, we can approach you know, life the devil's way and his 10X counterfeit or we can approach God's 100X life. I think everybody in this room is super smart and when we wanna follow Jesus, we wanna go the 100X life. So there's, there's now a choice once we have chosen God's way of how we will approach the kingdom because we do have a choice on how we approach the kingdom. God says, you know, if you come to me, you're gonna have free will on how you do that. Now, in my opinion, there's actually only one way to come to Jesus. There's actually only one way to follow Jesus, but there's a few ways, and C.S. Lewis has said this, if we can throw up the quote, and this is the three ways. Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. You see, I think there are some people potentially here today, or maybe this is just for your friends that aren't here, probably, and... uh, and we've been maybe thinking Christianity or the kingdom is of moderate importance. And tonight I'm here to help us see as a church, as a community, that there is no middle ground. There is no middle ground in the kingdom. We are in or we are out. And the, and, the, and the life and everything you've been looking for is in the kingdom. So Jesus talks about these three potential ways of seeing the kingdom. In a parable called the parable of the sower, he actually says, this is the most important parable that I will tell you. If you don't get this, you don't get anything in the kingdom. So I, you know, might as well tune in and listen. So Matthew 13, 1 to 23, we're going to read some scripture, uh, starting in verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun rose up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground. Someone say good ground, good ground. and yielded a crop. Some 100, some 60, some 30. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then now we're going to jump to verse 18 where Jesus explains the parable. I'm grateful that he explained the parable because it makes a lot more sense when he explains it. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, in other words, when you hear what's talked about tonight, when, when I first heard the kingdom on March 29th of 2015 as Pastor John was preaching Big Hero 6, yeah. great message, y'all should listen to it. It was like my first, it was amazing. Uh, when anyone hears about the kingdom and does not understand it, and I would even add, does not care to understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he receives the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, and indeed bears fruit and produces some 100, some 60, some 30. Now, as you notice, there is no middle ground. If you look at the previous three places the seed could have fallen on, there is no return. There is zero ROI. There is zero increase. There is nothing that lasts. But when we go in for the kingdom, we get the 100x life. And it's not a one X, it's not a two X, it's not a five X, it's not by our might nor by power, but by the spirit of God. So regardless of where we find ourselves tonight, and once again, this is probably not for anybody in here, it's probably just for our friends out, out, outside. So just listen in for them, right? Just listen in for them. Either way, there's no judgment, but I believe tonight people can take a step, we can take a step into living the 100X life. So the first place we can find ourselves is in the cold or in the place of the wayside. And so the first antidote to that is actually choose to care what God thinks. Choose to care what God thinks. And it's a place we all begin our lives is is not in relationship with God. None of us was born with a relationship with God. We all have to choose that for ourselves. And that's the rocks. That's the place of the wayside where we hear about the kingdom. We hear about Jesus. Maybe somebody tells us or maybe we come to a church service or maybe we grew up going to church and we heard about it, but we didn't understand it or we just didn't care enough to understand it. And in that place... It's completely away from God. And that was where I started my life. I grew up Catholic and Jewish, which is a whole nother story for a whole nother time. Massively confusing. But like it was you know, kind of shared in, uh, in, uh, in that C.S. Lewis quote, I was basically raised to believe that, hey, if well, if they can't get on the same page, then, you know, because Catholics believe, well, I'm not sure what they believe. Honestly, I was, you know, asleep within 10 minutes of Catholic Mass every week. But I did remember seeing... Jesus on a cross, dead, hanging there. And I never saw any life. I never saw any power. I never saw anything that the Bible talked about. So I said, oh, God must be dead. And then I would go to synagogue on another night of the week. Literally, that was my life. And, and I would sit there and they would talk, oh, Jesus, yeah, great, great dude. Great guy, great prophet, great teacher. Savior, what? No, 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 no. The world would be perfect right now if the savior had come. So no, 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 no. So I would bounce back and my, you know, I love, I'm grateful for my parents, uh, for everything they did, but that was very confusing growing up because when you're raised to believe that, 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 that Christianity must be moderately important, then you're going to live like that. And so I did, I lived like God was apathetic. I lived like God was dead because when I lost my dad at nine years old, I didn't, see God move in my life. I didn't see his peace, I didn't see anything, and I didn't have a church or a community of people that actually believed, hey, you could be restored, you could be redeemed. I know that anxiety you're living with, I know that rejection you're living with, I know what that fear of, I know all of that you're living with, but hey, God's big, God's able, his peace is with you, Holy Spirit filled, there was none of that. And so I went on to believe and live like God was not real. And so I tried to, you know, as I got older, I started to get surrounded by some, you know, potentially not great influences. And, uh, and so I decided, you know, I'm going to try and 10x my life for myself, by myself. I'm going to do the have it your way. You can, you know, be your own God. And I tried to do relationships the world's way. I was sleeping around. I was doing all the things the world would tell you to do. And guess what? Train wrecked my relationships. Train wrecked everything inside of me. Then I tried to cope with my depression, my anxiety, my fear, my rejection, all of that with drugs, with alcohol, with everything I could possibly get my hands on, and guess what? Deeper, darker pit of despair. So empty promises again. I tried to you know, find significance, find purpose in what the world told me to do, which was get more Instagram followers, which was to make a lot of money, which was to treat people a certain way, and guess what? Deeper, darker pit of despair. The world wanted to promise me everything but could deliver absolutely nothing. And it's funny because once I came to the church, I realized, wow, everything was so backwards. God is real. He is able. And if I was finally cared enough to to hear about what he had to say to me, I could have saved a whole lot of time. and I could have saved a whole lot of train wrecking. But I'm grateful that I learned because what I learned in those years of myself train wrecking and, you know, it got accelerated by the fact that I would, took $100,000 of inheritance uh, that should have been used for college. I dropped out of college, moved down here, and I you know, accelerated that dysfunction. Because how many know money doesn't change you, it just accelerates what's already in you? Yeah. And so as Pastor John like to say, I went to Vegas one time and blew $100,000. It didn't happen. It was over the course of a year and a half. you know. But it was on some pretty reckless living. So I prodigal-sunned it pretty hard. Uh, and, uh, and I can promise you that there is nothing the world can offer that fulfills its promise. You see, it's funny looking back. Everything I thought I would find in the world I actually found in Christ. And everything I thought I would never find in Christ, I never found in the world. See, life without God is not life at all. It's actually just a very, very slow death. And the best decision I ever made and the best decision I will ever make in my entire life is giving all of myself to Jesus on March 29th of 2015. So that's the first place we could find ourselves, but, but the whole point is choose to care what God thinks about your life because he has good plans for you, perfect plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. So that's the first point. Second point is to choose to surrender all. Choose to surrender all. The second place we might find ourselves is, in my opinion, the most dangerous place that we could be, and that's the place of thinking that Christianity is of moderate importance. It's the stones and the thorns. They represent... The stones and the thorns represent uh, self-orientation. It represents uh, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches. It re- represents what does Instagram say? What does the world say? What, is, what does everyone else say is important about life? What does life mean? And if we interpret that through the world, then we'll always end up train wrecked. But if we actually receive what God is saying about the kingdom, God is saying about our lives, we'll find ourselves flourishing. And, uh, and, and one of these things that we're actually seeing is very unfortunately predominant in, uh, in in certain churches, we're seeing this thing called Christian Buddhism. And it's this thing where you uh, call yourself a Christian. You put Jesus in your Instagram bio, you wear a cross around your neck, you say I follow Jesus, but you basically make a God in your own image. Oh, I don't like the whole no sex before marriage thing. I don't know if that, so I'm gonna do my own. Okay, that's not following Jesus then. I don't like the whole tithing thing. That thing really, that bugs me. Like, what if I don't have money to tithe? Well, it's because you don't tithe. I don't like that. I think I'm not going to do that. Okay. Well, you're making a God in your own image that's not following Jesus. And it's a dangerous place to be. Ultimately, it's putting a voice. It's putting a, it's putting a God above Jesus is what we're ultimately doing. And we see that there's, you know, that's not necessarily the right way to live. Romans 2.29 says, a person with a changed heart seeks praise not from God, or from God, not from people. How do you know if you're a Christian? If you seek praise from God, not from people. I read that the other day, I'm like, wow, that is pretty straightforward. (laughs) A person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. Matthew 16, 24 to 26 says, and Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, so it's not about self. Now remember, God cares about you, but he's saying you deny yourself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. That seems backwards, but whoever desires to lose his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I can tell you, no profit, no profit in that. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Luke 14, 25 to 27, this is going to get intense for half a second, okay? So just hold your horses. i got an explanation coming. Now, great multitudes went with him, and he turned to them and said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross come after me cannot be my disciple. I know it was intense. I know. I really understand it. I was prepping for this message. I I get it. Um, But there's context. There's context. Because Jesus actually doesn't want you to hate your family, believe it or not. You see in 1 John 3:15 a contrast where he says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has a turn. okay, Jesus, are you being schizophrenic? Come on, just tell me how it is. Like what's really going on? What he's saying, he's not saying to hate your family. What he's saying is to completely elevate his voice, completely place his voice and his word above any other opinion in your life. You see, when I got saved, I had family members that say, you don't need to get baptized. You have already been baptized as Catholic because you, you know, sprinkled as a kid. I said, well, God says I should be baptized, so I'm gonna go ahead and be baptized. And there were many other areas of my, oh, you don't need to wait for marriage to, like, you don't need, just, just, just find out if you guys are compatible. I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure man and woman were compatible. I mean, have you seen her? If she's willing to be compatible, I'm gonna make sure it's compatible. So you need to elevate God's word Above every other voice, and it doesn't mean you ignore wisdom, it doesn't mean you ignore wise counsel, it doesn't mean will you pull the God told me card? Please stop doing that. You're making your pastors, you're making connect leaders' lives way harder. But it does mean that when the city of San Diego, when the government at large, whoever wants to say in 2020, 2021, you can't sing, you can't worship, you can't. I'm sorry, Governor Newsom. We, su- we submit to a God who says otherwise. We will worship, we will sing, and you better thank God for pastors like Pastor Juergen and Leanne who are bold enough to say, I don't care what man says. I don't care what government says. I don't care what people call me. I don't care what hate mail I get. I don't care what death threats I get. Jesus is the only one I'm submitting to. And we need to get a little tenacious like that where we're like, you know what? If God said this, I'm following him all the way through because he won't lead me into dangerous places that I cannot withstand. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. You see, the problem with being lukewarm, with being just right, is that even just right will eventually become cold. So I know halfway in, halfway out may seem like you could always jump in, but I found more people that are halfway in, halfway out end up all the way back. And if you're all the way back, you're not in. If you're not in, it's a very scary place to be. You're out. Or you'll have to constantly reheat it. You see, living halfway in, halfway out forces you to constantly have to replant yourself. If you plant a plant and you want it to grow. You're not going to constantly just replant it every few months. You're not going to be mad at the plant, like plant, come on, grow. It's like, dude, I, I'm trying. <laughs> you, you keep on planting me. What do you want me to do? My roots can't go deep. My relationships can't grow. God's word can't get into my soul. I can't apply the word of God because I'm constantly in and out. I'm constantly here for a couple Sundays then I'm out. I'm constantly here for some men's practice, and then I'm out. I'm constantly in connect group. Oh, I don't like this connect group. I'm going about- to Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. I had plenty of opportunity when I first got saved to decide, you know what, I'm just gonna try this thing out. I'm gonna be halfway in, halfway out. But I said, you know what, I'm tired of my life not flourishing. And if God says that if I plant myself, then I will flourish and you know what, I'm planting myself as deep as I can get. And I promise you, my life is 100X over and over and over and over because of none other reason, I have no college degree, I have no reason I should be doing the things I should be doing other than I chose to seek God first, and I chose to plant myself in this house. And that's the most dangerous place you can be, is thinking that Christianity, that being planted is moderately important. As we take inventory of where we are today, if our lives look like the world, smell like the world, taste like the world, they probably are of the world. And at the end of service, I believe God will be able to help you take that next step into being all the way in. The last point is the best place to be, and it's the too hot porridge. Now I know nobody here drinks porridge or eats porridge because I don't think porridge even exists anymore. It is a close friend oatmeal, which is disgusting in my opinion. I know I offended a lot of people up north, believe it or not. Choose to be too hot, choose to surrender all. This is the refiner's fire. You see, the final heart posture, in my, in my personal opinion, is the only heart posture that actually exists in the kingdom, and that's the good soil. John Wesley said, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. Hebrews 1.7 says, he makes his servants flames of fire. Who is the most passionate person that ever walked this planet? Jesus. How do I know that? It said that he was on the cross and passion overtook him to actually stay on that cross. If you look up passion in the normal dictionary, not the Christian dictionary, but like the legit normal, you know, Merriam-Webster, it says the suffering of Jesus Christ on the cross. Why would the world say that? Because the world has never known any other greater passion. Everybody wants passion, everybody wants to be on fire, Everybody wants to be lit up, everyone wants the, the passionate life, but I'm telling you the passionate life is a result of living on purpose. It is not a thing that you choose. You do not choose to be passionate. You can choose to be excited. You can choose to be hyped up, but you don't choose passion, you choose purpose and passion will follow you. What does purpose look like? Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You see, the life of the believer is the life where nothing is left unsurrendered. Everything is for his purpose and his glory. This is why Awaken is different. This is why this is different than when I walked into Catholic mass, different than when I walked in a synagogue, different than since then having walked into other churches because we, believe, we have believers here who actually have surrendered all and seen their life 100X. Because when there is purpose, passion follows and that 100X life starts to light up every place that the darkness is. And you start looking at people and people start looking at your life and they say, oh my gosh, there's life here. Oh my gosh, there's hope here. Oh my gosh, there's peace here. There's prosperity here. There's all the things I've been looking for my whole life. They're here. And that's what the world is looking for. So tonight, I believe we're gonna have a surrender moment. And for some of us, it's surrendering to Jesus completely once and for all done. You've been contemplating, you've been back and forth, in and out tonight, it's game over. Tonight is your March 29th, 2015, and everything can change. And for some of us, As we come to a close tonight and the ministry team will come forward, you're gonna have an opportunity to, whether in your seat or come down and surrender an area that may be left unsurrendered. Maybe you've been living in the moderate place. Maybe you've been living like, the kingdom's kind of important, but also so is my career. The kingdom's kind of important, but also so is my comfortability. The kingdom's kind of important and so is. And it's not that those things don't matter to God, but he says, seek first. He says, seek first. And then all these things will be added to you. I promise some of us, if we just sought the kingdom. All the things we spend so much time worrying about, so much time chasing, so much, they're just gonna start getting added to you. And you won't have to worry about them as much. I did that when I came here. I decided, you know what, I'm taking the mask off. I'm not gonna be fake anymore. I'm gonna be real in relationships. So in my connect group, I'm not gonna pretend like everything's okay. I'm just gonna say, hey, I need some prayer here. Hey, I don't know how to live here. Hey, can you help me figure this out? Because you can't be loved if you're not known. I decided to surrender my lifestyle of what the world said was okay sexually. And I decided to surrender my porn addiction. I decided, so I got into men's prayer circle. I said, hey guys, I'm addicted to porn and I need to break this thing off because I know it's not God's way, it's not his best. And so guess what? I had leaders here and they prayed for me and they prayed for me and they prayed for me. It wasn't an overnight thing, but I was renewing my mind daily and I was accountable to Christians who changed my life. I began tithing and trusting God. I began serving because I needed to humble myself and realize that life is a lot better more about other people than it is about me. And if I will spend my life focusing on what God focuses on, he'll take care of everything that I'm worried about. And so as I come to a close, I'd love if everyone could stand to your feet just as we come to a close. And I want you to just take a moment, close your eyes and just contemplate this scenario. And this is kind of those three questions is whether Jesus is moderately important, whether he is of no importance or whether he is of ultimate and only importance. And I want you to imagine that you're at a house, maybe it's your house, maybe it's not, and there's a very large pool. And all of a sudden, you wake up in the middle of the morning, and let's pretend it's a very cold pool, there's no solar, so it's it's freezing, freezing pool. But it's a big pool. And you wake up and you get these alerts on your phone. You get this alert on the news that says that there's a fire coming over the hill. You won't be able to see it, but you can't You can't leave. Like your house, you're not able to leave yet. You can't drive away. You've got some neighbors around you. Got, you're just gonna have to jump in the pool for safety. And let's say you get out to the pool and you're looking at the pool. And you're like, man, that's really cold. I don't think I wanna jump in the pool. And you can't see the fire. You can only see the smoke. And so you think, well, Maybe the fire's not coming for me. Maybe the fire's not real. Maybe they got it wrong. Maybe it's the wrong neighborhood. Maybe I have nothing to worry about. And so you stay out of the pool. The fire's gonna come. And maybe you do like a lot of us do when it comes to a cold pool, and you just start to wade in, feel it out, and decide, am I gonna jump all the way in? I don't know. It's actually a lot worse just to wade in the water when it's that cold, I've found, and I still do it. It's very unfortunate need to learn from that but you start to wait and it's a little cold but you're like I don't think I'm going to jump all in because at the end of the day if the fire really does come I'll just jump all the way in at the last minute I'll be totally fine but the problem with jumping in last minute and kind of living half in half out is your neighbors are watching and they don't have a pool and your neighbors are watching and they're saying well I can't see the smoke either he's got a better view and if he's got the better view and he's not all the way in the water then I got nothing to worry about And so while we would have had an opportunity to say hey neighbors i'm serious about this thing i'm jumping in come and jump in with me i know we can't see the fire i know we can only see the smoke but i know that there's a fire coming and it's time to jump in the water now that's the thing that can save a city that's the lifestyle that's the mindset that can change a nation is believers who are saying, I'm going to jump in the water, even if it's cold, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I can't really see what's coming, I'm gonna do it in faith knowing that if I live all in, if I have a 100X life, then other people are gonna wanna jump in that pool too. And it's the same way that we approach the living waters of Jesus, so tonight, I'm gonna invite those of you who feel like you are either not even close to the pool, don't really think there's a fire coming. I promise you friends, there is a heaven and there is a hell. God's intention is not for us to spend any lick of time in hell, he created it for Satan and for his angels. God created heaven for us. And how we respond to Jesus in this life will determine how we spend the next one. And so in a moment, I'm gonna to count to three and I want any of you who are maybe like me and you we're standing outside of the pool or maybe you've been kind of in and out and you're not all the way in the pool and you're like, I'm not really sure, but you know, hey, my friends are counting on me to jump in the pool all the way and I want you to, on the count of three, lift your hand if you're not all the way in yet and you need to respond to Jesus tonight. One, friend, God loves you. I promise you'll never be the same three with every eye closed and every head bowed. If you could just lift your hand, so I know who I'm praying for. Beautiful, I see that hand. Beautiful, I see that hand. Beautiful, I see these hands. Incredible, I see these hands. Come on, be praying, church. Thank you, Jesus, I see those hands. I see those hands. Beautiful, thank you, Jesus, I see those hands. I'm gonna wait 10 more seconds because Pastor John waited 10 seconds for me. Come on, if someone is in here and your heart's racing and you're saying, I don't really wanna raise my hand, but I know God's calling me, lift your hand. Beautiful, I see those hands. Beautiful. Beautiful, I see these hands, there's hands everywhere. There's hands everywhere. Well, hey, I I do wanna pray with all of you, but I have not figured out how to fly around a room yet. So what I wanna do is I wanna pray within each and every one of you that are lifting your hands up. We've all done this at one point. You're gonna do what I did seven years ago and you're gonna come down, you're gonna shake my hand. The worship team's gonna play. So if you're standing next to someone that lays their hand, I want you to smile at him, say, hey, I'll come down with you. If If you're standing next to someone that you thought did raise their hand, come on, come on down, the worship team's gonna play. I wanna pray with you. I want to pray with you. Come on, be strong, be courageous, be bold. Sometimes things don't change if you don't jump in the pool. Come on down. Know that my faith will be fireproof, fireproof
0: as long as he is next to me. The God that I serve can do anything, anything. No, oh, he has never seemed to feel and I know that my faith will be fireproof, fireproof as long as He is next to me. The God that I serve can do anything, anything, though He has never seen defeat. Yeah. And I know that my faith will be
1: Come on, come on down. Come on, make make room at the front. Y'all make room at the front. This is beautiful. Come on, how exciting is this? Come on, eternity is partying, throwing a party in heaven. I'm so proud of you guys, honestly, because I remember that feeling. I remember being scared and being like, I don't even know who this guy is, and he's asking me to come to the front. Are you kidding me? But everything changed. Everything changed. Because I said, Jesus, I'm going all in for you. He said, okay, I'm glad you finally responded because I've been chasing you my whole life. So, I'm so proud of each and every one of you. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a moment and we're gonna pray and we're gonna invite Jesus to become Savior and Lord of our life. Whether it's the first time or whether it's the 100th time, who cares, tonight's different. Everything's gonna change. So, why don't you say this? Uh, We got some people behind you, they're just gonna put their hand on your back and begin to pray with you. Why don't you just open your hands like you're gonna receive something and repeat after me. Say this with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross and resurrecting to give me new life. I turn away from my old life once and for all, and I instead choose to follow you, King Jesus, for the rest of my life. I declare you are my savior and you are my Lord, and that the rest of my life is going to be the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.
0: Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing, it is chock full of incredible messages